Ready, Said Game was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Ready, Said Game is brought to you by Showers. If you stink, take one. If you have one, remember, lather, rinse, repeat. I want to thank our friend Paul Taylor for this one. This is Ready, Said Game. Jake and Phil at it again. Here we go now. We're going to give you a treat. Episode 5. Here we go. Ready, set, game. Ready, set, game. Ready, set, game. Or ready, set, game. Ready, set, game. To the ready, set, game. Ready, set, game. Ready, set, game. Ready, 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 set, game. And just like that, we're back, baby. Ready, set, game. That's right. Jake and Phil back at it again. We finally are here for you guys. We know you gamers, you listeners have been waiting a long, long time for this. Jake, excited for this one. It's finally here. It's finally here. Phil, we've waited all summer for the release of this episode right here. We have been getting texts and emails. We've just been absolutely flooded with people saying, where are you guys? And I'll say it, when you go into hiding, something good is coming. And so this episode right here, we are dropping some good stuff. I know that Jeremy Barlow, we're going to give him the first shout out because he has been knocking on the door saying, when is it coming? And Jeremy, we're here to give it to you. Absolutely, Jake. We are so excited to be back. I also want to give a quick shout out uh, to my friend Casey Lawrence. Casey has also been flooding my messages in our inbox Uh, And I have to give a quick apology to uh, you and our listeners and even myself. I have been uh, accused as being too agreeable with you on the podcast, Jake, about some of our brackets. A lot of people down here in Atlanta and in Athens are fuming at some of the choices that we made that I decided to make. And I think it was eventually the, the, the last drop in the bucket, uh, the nail in the coffin, was picking Sonic over Cookout. I have to say, I got to stand up for what I believe in, Jake. And you know that to be true. I'm a man of my word. So I just want to apologize to everyone out there and say, the deal is done. I, I know we are still close friends, one of my best friends. But I think it's time that I stop being so agreeable and start standing up for what I believe in. Phil, I love that. Here from Waco, that's the Southwest versus East Coast bias, and it's so real. It is so real. Here I am. I'm going to pull up at Sonic. That's just, that's my jam, and and I love Cookout. I've shared many a meal with you at Cookout, but to hear you on the podcast go against Cookout, one of your all-time 2 a.m. favorites, I mean, I was shocked to hear that. And so I love that walking in the light, Ephesians five, all things becoming visible. And that's where we're at. We're about vulnerability, transparency. So Casey Lawrence, I personally don't know you, but I am so glad that you had this interaction with Phil and, you know, there's going to be some disagreements moving forward. We're going to have some, some fun segments here uh, moving forward. And we're excited uh, about that. Phil, we have had some crazy instances that we just haven't been able to jump on. We've tried or some things have popped up. I'll give you five things that have really taken up the calendar for me here over the last, uh, I'll I'll give it five and 15. So I've had a bunch of weddings. Shout out Walker Harris, beautiful wife, Erica, and Stuart Brookhart and his amazing wife, Megan. They're both married. Congratulations. There's been some weddings on the calendar. Have had BU rec staff training here in Waco, Texas. 
coupling that with moving in 3,000 freshmen, uh, starting my first semester teaching a class here at Baylor. We're going to get into that because once rosters drop, I think the starting running back is going to be in my class. So I'm excited about that. Uh, and then also finishing up summer camp. Phil, tell us what you've been up to. Jake, it has been a uh, crazy past couple uh, weeks and months here in Atlanta as well. We had a trip to Colorado uh, that really, you know, ate up two weeks of our time. We had a couple of weddings as well. Shout out to Jonathan Klein and his amazing wife, Bree, that uh, got married back in July. Just had a great stay with Grant Hudeberg and his wife. Chris Hickman and Kat. It was a great time in Oklahoma City. Got to see Andreas Magoon on our way back. But you know who we didn't see? We didn't see Jake Bardell, who is recently engaged. We're announcing it on the pod. That's right. He was in hiding. We figured out why, because he was proposing to his beautiful fiance, Lindsay. Jake, I couldn't believe it. I am so excited about that. And, and you know, not to do another Bardell breakdown, but this is why, Phil, this is why he's been in hiding. We've got to get him on the podcast to really talk about how that all played out. We're excited to hear from Jake and uh, just so glad and so excited for him. Truly, listeners, a great friend of ours and so excited for Jake and what's ahead uh, for he and Lindsay. Um, Phil, you also went on a cruise. I did. Uh, kind of random. I texted you and I was with a couple of our good friends, Lucas at Hockley Magoon, Trevor Batoon. Um, and some others. And we were honestly a little bit concerned because we were actually at the rehearsal dinner of Walker, Paris, and Erica Hoffman. And in that, we were like, has anyone heard from Phil? His messages are green. Like, what's going on? And turns out, Lucas at Hockley texted your wife and she said, he's on a cruise. No service. I haven't heard from him either. Tell us about that cruise. Yeah, Jake. I mean, the cruise was incredible few my best friends from college uh it was very similar to the gospel skit uh see a lot of dancing uh and a great week on royal caribbean to have been a fly on the wall on that royal caribbean ship i'm sure it was a great time phil i'm sure that you were uh just a spark of joy and light on that cruise ship in the middle of the caribbean um, you know, we had this announcement a few months ago, and I don't think we actually ever announced it to these individuals or to the listeners as a whole, but we have got our winners of the Phillips head screwdriver. And this goes to none other than Jonathan Klein and Jim Walker. There were hundreds of submissions for this, and it really just boiled down to these two, their reasonings, their requests, why they thought they deserved the Phillips head screwdriver. It was as good as it comes. And so Jim Walker, Jonathan Klein, you're going to be getting a Phillips head screwdriver sent to you. Compliments of the Ready, Set, Game podcast and our good sponsor, Seth Locke. Um, Phil, in honor of some giveaways, you know, we kind of dreamed up. Uh, you went to Georgia. I graduated from Baylor. And uh, we have a lot of gear. And we would love to give away some vintage Baylor and UGA gear to a couple of our faithful listeners and sharers. And so we're asking if you will like and share the uh, podcast episode on Instagram, mention us on Instagram, you will put your name into a drawing uh, to receive some vintage, lightly worn Baylor or UGA gear compliments of Mr. Addison and myself. <laughs> That's right, Jake. And speaking of vintage, I want to take a little trip down memory lane. 
we want to go right into our favorite memories uh, from college sporting events we've attended. And yes, we promise you listeners that we wanted to break down our top 10, and we will. As we go throughout the college football season, we are going to give you guys uh, a special look into all of these college sporting events that we have attended, that we have loved. So we're going to give a couple right here, Jake, uh, and I can start us off if we'd like. Uh, I obviously have to give an honorable mention uh, to the 2021-2022 national champion, Georgia Bulldogs. Went to the game in Indianapolis with my mom. It was about 8 degrees the day of the game, uh, an 8.30 p.m. kick, so I was freezing. But to see Georgia come away with the 33-18 to win over rival Alabama, Keely Ringo pick six with my mother in the stands with me, nothing better. You can't beat that. And for a game that I was actually at in college, uh, we went to Knoxville uh, in 2017, uh, shut out uh, the Tennessee Volunteers up in Neyland Stadium, 41 to zero. Later that night, uh, you found us, uh, our friend group at the Cotton Eye Joe, uh, a club in Knoxville, uh, a honky tonk, if you will. We were all obviously under 21 at the time. So they marked our hands with the letters N-O because we could not purchase alcoholic beverages. But we also did get kicked out of the honky-tonk because my quietest roommate, JR, in college was dancing on a table. The bouncer wasn't having it, and they asked us to leave uh, very kindly. So that weekend was a blast. We got to stay at JR's family's house in Knoxville. A lot of great memories from those away games, those road trips, Jake in college. I love that. Those are two great memories. And what I love about the road trip games, Phil, is it's not just about the game, you know, the four and a half, five hours that you're in the stadium, but it's about the car trip. It's about, uh, you know, being uh, on the road with buddies. It's trying out new uh, diners and dives in the, in the visiting uh, city. It's all those things that make up that experience. Um, I've got two that I'll mention here, two trips down memory lane for me. One is going back uh, 2016, Baylor's on the road in Ames, Iowa, Iowa State. I make the road trip, Phil, to Ames, Iowa. We lock our keys in the truck about two hours south of Ames. And we go into the gas station and say, hey, this was a no, no-name town in Iowa. We say, hey, uh, what do we do? Is there, is there like a papa lock or, or how do we do this? And they said, you know what? Why don't you just call the mayor? He can, uh, he can come and he can, uh, he can pop the lock for you guys. The mayor of the town, you know, he's, he's done this a, a ton of times. And so the local gas station attendant at the Sitco gas station writes down the mayor's phone number on a card, gives it to us. We call him and the mayor rolls up in a huge jacked up truck pops uh pops the lock we get in the car we roll into Ames we're pulling in at about 10:58 a.m. it's an 11 a.m. kickoff we make it into the stadium Baylor's down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter Seth Russell at the helm we come back and we ultimately end up winning that game uh but that's one of those where the experience was just crazy went with some Canuck Institute friends we had a great time the other game that I'll mention down memory lane went with my family to the 2011 Valero Alamo Bowl in San Antonio, Texas. It was Baylor versus Washington. Robert Griffin III had just won the Heisman. So much hype, electric atmosphere. RG3, I think, accounts for maybe six or seven touchdowns in that game. 
runs for over 100, throws for over 300. Uh, but I'll never forget his huge move. He was about to get sacked in the pocket, shucks it off like a guy playing uh, an eighth grade uh, uh, player. And he goes down the right sideline, launches into the end zone, uh, kind of catapults into the end zone. Valero Alamo Bowl is one of the top remembrances for me. There were over 1,200 yards of total offense in that game. It was electric. So quick trip down memory lane for Phil and I. Remember the Alamo Bowl, Jake. That's what they say down there in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. I mean, man, those are great memory lane updates uh, and stories from from there, Jake. Uh, Moving forward, uh, what are we looking at next in the docket, Jake? Yeah, you know, next up, we're just going to take a quick look at, uh, it may not even be quick, uh, but it's going to be a college football look ahead for this year. You know, we are recording today, just full transparency listeners, today is August 24th, um, and uh, we're excited. Week zero starts this week. So we looked at the calendar. The biggest game on the calendar, undoubtedly, is Nebraska and Northwestern in the country of Ireland. Um, still questioning, could you have gotten maybe two more elite teams to play in this? Um, however, Nebraska, Northwestern, they're going to bring it, and you'd know that Ireland's going to be fired up. So, Phil, I think what we're going to do is let's break down maybe some Heisman hopefuls. I would love to hear your college football playoff predictions, a look at the top 25, and then I'd love to hear from you, how is Georgia going to respond to last year's national championship Are they going to come in hot? Is there a chip on the shoulder? Is there some cockiness, some swagger? So I want to hear you break down that, and I'll give a quick breakdown of the Baylor season and what I look forward to coming ahead. So let's talk Heisman hopefuls, Phil. Who's automatically in that conversation? Yeah, absolutely, Jake. And right before we get into that, you cannot forget about Vanderbilt at Hawaii. Wow. Zero matchup. That's a 10.30 p.m. Eastern kick, Jake. That is a great kick and one that that really puts Pac-12 after dark uh, to shame. That's going to be a great, great game um, there in Hawaii. Yeah, absolutely, Jake. Well, going into the Heisman conversation, you have your CJ Strouds. You have your Bryce Youngs. Obviously, some elite talent there. Bryce Young winning it last year. Didn't win the big one, though, against the Dogs, which I have to say. But nonetheless, an incredible talent. I think he had under maybe five or seven interceptions last year. Uh, had a monster year. C.J. Stroud is a guy for me that, you know, is going to put up crazy numbers almost every time in the Big Ten. But a couple sleeper picks to me, and I'm, I'm not going to mention uh, maybe some bigger names, if you will. But last year, this guy was in the conversation and then obviously came out to injury. But I'm going to your conference, Jake, the Big 12 to throw down the name of Bijan Robinson, running back to Texas. I think he has great talent. Uh, he's got great speed. He's one of the strongest guys on that team, and maybe in the conference. And he just bulked up about 10 or 15 more pounds uh, to get him to around 220, 225, I think. So you're looking at a big load uh, from uh, BJ down there in Austin. And also, I also hate to admit, but there's another Alabama player that I think uh, everyone believes got snubbed last year is Will Anderson, uh, the edge rusher, the linebacker from Bama. He's going to put people in their place this year in the SEC. Uh, but I cannot be, um, I cannot leave this conversation without mentioning my guy, Jalen Carter. He uh, is the Jordan Davis of uh, this defense for this year. He was on the defense last year, obviously, 
this guy's a beast. He might be one of the best uh, players in the SEC and in the country. Jalen Carter, defensive lineman, number 88 for the Dogs, 300-pounder, 6'5". I mean, just an absolute unit. Hopefully, we're going to see him in the Heisman conversation uh, coming into the year. Wow. Phil, I think those are obviously some elite names right there. I love that you threw Bijan Robinson into that mix. He was the guy that I had written down that I was going to throw into the mix, was having a Heisman caliber year last year. Texas was not, but I do believe that Texas is going to have a lot of firepower this year. It will depend, obviously, on execution and just how they decide to show up each week down there in Austin. But Bijan Robinson is definitely a guy we should be looking out for. I'm going to throw a couple names back into this mix as well for you. I'm going to throw uh, someone's name that I don't want to throw in there, but if all the pieces fall into place in Los Angeles, I think that Caleb Williams could find himself in that conversation. He's a guy that immediately inserted himself into the Oklahoma offense last year, performed at a very high level. Honestly, no bias, but his worst game of the year was by far in Waco at Baylor. Um, but, but, you know, Caleb Williams brings all the intangibles, big arm, he's fast, he's mobile, uh, hard to get down in the pocket. Um, and so I like what Williams brings to the table. And I really think Lincoln Riley is going to utilize them and unleash every, uh, set that, that Caleb has. Secondly, I'm going to throw in a wide receiver just because of an elite performance in the Rose Bowl game last year. I think undoubtedly, uh, probably the most elite receiver returning in college football, but Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, from Ohio State. 16 catches, 300-plus yards last year in the Rose Bowl game. Absolutely unparalleled numbers in the Rose Bowl. Set, set, set several Rose Bowl records, and he's a guy that C.J. Stroud has great already connection with. Um, they have great rapport on the outside. They'll utilize him in the slot. They'll utilize him outside running vertical routes. He can do it all. And I think if he gets enough touches, I think his numbers could be gaudy enough to at least land him in New York. And I think he could finish top three. Yeah, absolutely, Jake. I think that's an incredible prediction. It takes a humble man to put in a guy from used to be from Oklahoma, now at USC as a Baylor fan, and to put in a receiver from the Ohio State University, which you have told me you are not the biggest fan of. 100%. Not a fan of Ohio State, not a fan of Oklahoma, and I'm not a fan of USC. And so, uh, really, you're right. Really had to die to self in a lot of areas there, but also have to recognize talent. Game is real, and those players are are pretty elite. Phil, I'm looking at you. I'm excited for the college football playoff. Really, it's crazy how the whole season just boils down to that random night late at the end of the season when they announce those top four teams. Who are you looking at in the college football playoff right now, week zero? We don't know anything yet, but who are you looking at here uh, that's going to get that nod? Jake, I'm going to throw out some teams here. Some expected, some not. But these are my top four teams that I think are going to be playing for the playoff come uh, late into the season. I really also believe that um, we should – Give our honorable mentions, if you will, uh, our next two out, like you mentioned earlier. We want to give those next two out as well. Give respect where it's due. So my first number one overall team uh, with bias, obviously, is the University of Georgia Bulldogs. I think that UGA has what it takes to win the SEC again this year. I think their schedule is favorable to them. And I think you will see them in the college football playoff again, uh, back-to-back years, number one seed. Number two, uh, I do believe, is going to be – Ohio State. 
I think they have what it takes uh, to go undefeated. I think it has what it takes to win the Big Ten. That game against Michigan at the very end of the year is going to be extremely telling uh, as to where they are as far as competition goes as the Big Ten schedule is difficult, obviously, but uh, I think it's really going to be a telltale sign uh, when they play uh, in the horseshoe uh, come last week of the year. My third team is coming out of the Pac-12, and it's Utah, baby. It's Utah. They got a schedule this year, Jake, that I think is going to elevate them to the next level. They came just short of being Ohio State last year in the Rose Bowl, but I think they can compete with the best of the best. I think they have what it takes. They got the roster. They're bringing a lot of guys back. But I think they're going to knock USC to the ground. They're going to go into the swamp week one and kill Florida. They are going to put points down on them. And I think it's not going to be pretty for a lot of Gator fans. That's also with a little bit of bias. But I think Utah Utes, they have a great opportunity to go undefeated, potentially win the Pac-12 and make that college football playoff. Lastly, I hate to say it, got to put them in there. I got to go with Alabama. I think you look at a couple teams like Clemson, Notre Dame, AM, they are on the outside looking in. But Alabama, there's no way they don't go at least 11 and 1, whether they miss out the SEC championship or not, or they get beaten by the Georgia Bulldogs. I really do think that Alabama is going to be uh, that fourth and final seed. Uh, my uh, next two out uh, are Michigan and Clemson. I think that Michigan and Clemson both are very good. I think Clemson will fall at some point during the year. And I think Michigan will be left out of the big 10 championship due to a loss to Ohio state. So that is my quick breakdown college ball playoff projections. I do believe uh, that we are going to see a Georgia Ohio state national championship uh, with the dogs finishing on top. That is my final prediction, Jake, uh, a long breath there to get that one out. Uh, but hopefully uh, you have some thoughts, comments uh, and rebuttal as well. Bill, I love where your head's at. I think you're in a right spot. You know, there's really about, well, there's really three teams that you can never go wrong with putting in the top four. And we all know that that to an extent, that order there in the top four, it's arbitrary. So, um, you know, this is what I'm looking at. And I actually made what I realistically think is going to happen. And then I made a fun four as well. Awesome. So I'll start with my realistic four. And uh, this is where I believe your friend, Miss Lawrence, is probably going to get uh, uh, heated a little bit, but I'm going to go with Alabama as the number one seed. I'm going to go with Alabama coming in as the number one seed. I think they're going to go into the SEC championship game undefeated playing against UGA. I think UGA will also go in to the big, uh, to the SEC championship game undefeated. The winner of that game will obviously take the number one. It's a coin flip for me just for the sake of healthy disagreement. I'm going to go with Alabama. Um, I think that Ohio State has the firepower to go undefeated this year. They may slip, but if they do, it's not going to be more than one game. So I'm going to go Ohio State as the number two, uh, not necessarily meaning they're the number two best team, but they're going to be the number two. And then um, along with that, I'm going to go UGA as the number three. So Georgia's going to slide in at three. And this right here is something we've missed that we missed them last year, but they are an elite team, top tier team. And I think they're going to be back this year. Had some transition issues last year, um, but I'm going to slide Clemson in at number four. I like their schedule. I think it's favorable. Their toughest game of the year arguably would be against Notre Dame. Um, they travel to South Bend, which I think is going to be a tough game. I think they'll win that game in South Bend. They also get Wake Forest on the road. I think they'll win that game, but they get North Carolina State at home. 
which there's a lot of people high in North Carolina State. So, you know, for me, I think Clemson's got maybe three games on paper that are going to be close. That's on paper, but I think they're going to pull those out. Um, I have Utah sliding in as the number five, um, have them as the number five, and I have my Baylor Bears as the number six. I just don't think that we can. I think we can. I think we can, but I just think there's a lot of trap games in there for us um, uh, this year. Uh, and I think that that a one-loss Baylor team, even winning the Big 12, which I think they will do, I just am not positive uh, if they would get in over anyone else. My fun four, Phil, uh, Clemson is the number one seed. Utah is the number two. Baylor is the three and Michigan as the four. That's my fun four. Not going to happen, but man, would I sure love it to. Yeah, that's a great fun for Jake. I mean, we just have a lot of excitement going into the season. A lot of schedules to look at. You look at every schedule week by week for every team, and there is not a week that you can't stay glued to your TV or be in the stands because there is a marquee matchup, multiple, every single week of the season. 100%. We'll be back on next week to give you a preview of week one, and there is a loaded slate for week one. Listeners, if you want to whet your appetite a little bit, just think, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Thank Oregon, Georgia. Thank Utah, Florida, Cincinnati, Arkansas. There are some loaded games in week one. We'll be back next week. Phil and I will actually pick each of those games, and we'll be keeping track this year on which one of us is leading in those head-to-head pick-ems. Phil, as you look at the top 25, anything stick out to you about the top 25? Anybody overrated, underrated? Anybody that's not going to be in the top 25 for very long? Jake, I love that question because you're going to love my answer. I don't think that Baylor is overrated. I think what they did last season was spectacular. I think they bring back a lot of great guys. They lost a lot of good talent on defense. But like you said, even some of your own students in your class are a part of that defense that are going to be a special unit again this year. I think they're going to have what it takes to get back to the Big 12 championship, and I'm hoping they're going to be able to win. I do look at this uh, once again, and, uh, you know, every year Miami's a team for me that always starts out highly ranked, and then they end the season either unranked or with at least three or four losses. I don't know what to expect this year. I know, obviously, with Mario Cristobal stepping in as their new head coach, I believe, and then uh, a, a great quarterback situation down there in Miami. They also have a favorable schedule. Their toughest game will be against Clemson in the ACC championship is my prediction. Because uh, I think they're going to be able to get there. I look at Arkansas. I think they're going to be good again this year. I probably would bump them up past 19, maybe to that 13, 14 spot. USC for me is also a question mark. They got a lot of talent, but can they bring it together for the chemistry to mesh well and to win the Pac 12? I love that analysis. USC, again, a lot of uh, momentum that they're riding there. I feel like there's a lot of distractions still within that program. They really need to centralize and figure out their identity, and they're going to have to do that uh, really quickly to start the season. I like that Arkansas team that you mentioned. You know, they travel to BYU, also in non-conference, for the second straight year, Arkansas with the uh, highest strength of schedule um, on the uh, for all of college football. And Arkansas is not holding anything back. I think they're a great team. I look at Texas A&M, you know, and, and I just look at that team. And I say, how are they at six? They're not going to stay at six. They're going to get on the road in the SEC West. And they've got a lot of talent, fun team. But, you know, I don't think that they're going to be hanging around the top 10. Um, You know, I look at a team like North Carolina State. People are very hopeful. That defense there in Raleigh, 
They've got a good unit. Excited to watch them. And then Oklahoma State, this is a team. They returned Spencer Sanders at quarterback. Half of the interceptions he threw last year were against Baylor. Seven, to be exact. Crazy. And I think they've got a lot of pieces on defense. Sanders brings that uh, maturity and experience back on offense. If they can click and not have a a missed game on offense, they're going to be a pretty tough team to beat in the Big 12. Phil, talk to me about UGA. What are you looking for? You've given us a little bit of a rundown already in your CFP prediction. What are you looking for in this UGA uh, team this year? Absolutely. You know, starting up the uh, year in Atlanta, Jake, uh, against Dan Lanning, former defensive coordinator, and Bo Nix, former Auburn quarterback, who has never beaten Georgia. I do think that uh, we have a great opportunity in Atlanta. We're favored by 17 and a half. I think it may be a little bit closer than that to give Oregon some respect. But at the same time, I think we bring back a team that is extremely loaded on offense and on defense. Going to have a lot of key guys to replace on that defense, obviously. Uh, but I believe that Stetson Bennett's going to be able to get things done uh, to take us back to the SEC championship and hopefully back to the national championship. My expectation, if I'm being realistic, Jake, um, <laughs> it's 12-0 and again. It's 12-0. and We're going to have some really tough games going to Columbia, South Carolina, Against Spencer Rattler and a new look South Carolina team will be interesting. Uh, I do believe also that the Florida Georgia game, I'm interested to see where Florida's at more so than where Georgia's at at that point of the season down in Jacksonville. Uh, obviously, uh, Tennessee the next week after that, coming to Athens uh, for that game. Interested to see how it looks uh, up in Knoxville <laughs> come midseason form. And then going to Starkville, uh, Mississippi State, something we haven't done in a long time. The dogs um, are going to be, I know, barking down at Mississippi State, and they're going to have their cowbells ready for us when we get there. And then last but not least, going to Lexington, and a lot of people have predicted that Georgia loses that game in a trap game scenario. I'm hoping not. Uh, my prediction is 12-0. and 0. Uh, Bama and the SEC Championship, hopefully going to get a win there. But if not, similar situation as last year, back to the college football playoff. Phil, I love that analysis. And you have Georgia winning the national championship, coming in with the number one college football playoff seed. I'll give a quick breakdown here of my Baylor Bears. You know, they bring back a lot of experience uh, in the trenches where we know that a lot of games are won. Uh, Defensively, they're bringing back two starters on the defensive line, and they're adding a third who was an All-American at Tulsa last year. Uh, He's transferring in, first-team All-American at Tulsa, coming back home to play in Waco. The defensive line is going to be unreal. The offensive line returning four of five starters. And I'll be honest, if if you or I was playing running back, I think we'd average three and a half a touch. These guys can pound the rock. They move stuff out of the way. And although our running backs have not had a lot of experience on the field, they both had a couple years of touches. And they're going to be the go-to backs this year. I believe Quaylen and um, uh, Tay McWilliams, they're going to be in the backfield. And it's going to be a solid one-two punch. You know, coming off off the bat, I think we're going to absolutely pounce on Albany. Uh, that's not even going to be a game, the Danes. Uh, BYU is going to be a tough game. A little bit of atmosphere uh, up there. There's going to be some elevation change. So we're going to have to see how we adjust to that. Um, our away schedule is just, to be honest, it's hard. It's a tough away schedule. We're going to Morgantown on a Thursday night. That's tough. We're going to Austin. Not really intimidated to play there, but just outside of McLean Stadium in a visiting team environment. We're going to Gaylord Memorial in Norman to play at Oklahoma. I think that they're going to be a really fun team to watch this year. 
there in Norman. And then we're also going to Texas Tech. We haven't been to Lubbock in probably 12 years. And Texas Tech's probably going to be at the bottom of the Big 12. I'm looking at probably a five and seven campaign for Texas Tech. However, you know, they show up on any given day and they can beat anybody in the country out there in Lubbock. And so realistically, I think for the Bears this year, I'm looking at, I think that our ceiling would be a 12 and 0 ceiling. I think we can do it. We have the talent, we have the coaching, the experience. There's just one of those away games that I think may stick us. Uh, so I'm going to go with 11 and one, a, a place in the Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma State again. And I think we'll win that. I think we're going to be in the outside looking in of the college football playoff. And I think we'll get a trip uh, to a major bowl game. But I'm hopeful if everything fell into place, I would not be shocked if Baylor goes 13-0 and and finds himself in the college football playoff. Phil, you heard it here first. Ready, set, game, and wake up. That's right, Jake. I think that is great. And for my prediction for the Baylor Bears, I would agree with you. I think it's 11-1. and And the only game I see the Baylor Bears losing is a trap game in Morgantown to West Virginia on a Thursday night. JT Daniels, my guy from UGA transfer he's been bouncing around from usc to uga now at west virginia i hate to pick against the bears you know that i favor them in most games but i think that thursday night 7 p.m eastern kick daniel's a great quarterback if he can stay healthy i think they might upset the bears in that one that is a huge question mark game that we've got to look to on the calendar i'm excited for young quarterback blake shapen really established himself last year as the starter really solidified that in the spring. This guy brings a gunslinger mentality to the table, and he is so fun to watch. Poised, cool, calm, collected in the pocket. Really excited to see what Shapin does with complete reins uh, of that offense. Me looking at Georgia, Phil, I think that, uh, you know, the sky's the limit for Georgia. Um, I think that they're going to be undefeated heading into the SEC championship game. That's a coin flip for me. I think it's a no-brainer. They're in the college football playoff. And depending on who they play, I think they're in the national championship game. Um, and beyond that, you know, it's just going to be how the season plays out. Absolutely, Jake. We are so excited, fired up for this season. Ready, set, game is back. And it's not leaving, Jake. We have a lot of things, a lot of surprises coming your way soon, listeners. And you won't want to miss out. Once again, we remind you to follow us on all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Facebook coming soon. We know that some people are asking for it. It's coming soon. Also, please give us a follow on Spotify and share. Share as much as you can. Instagram stories, Instagram posts. We would love uh, for you, one, to be entered in our drawing to win some UGA Baylor vintage gear from the two of us. Also, just to continue to hit that like button and subscribe to what we're doing here. Listeners, I could not echo Phil any more heavily. This is going to be a great year. We're excited for the college football uh, season and so much more. Tune in each week for recaps from the following, or recaps from the prior week and an update and a look ahead to the week to come. I'm Jake with my co-host Phil. As always, this has been Ready, Set, Game. We'll see you next time.